This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. Good to be with you again. It's so close to Christmas. Absolutely. The 20th of December. Yeah, Very it's close be- to it's Christmas It's between time. this episode and the next one. Okay? Yes. So, listeners, we hope you will have a wonderful Christmas time. May the Lord really bless you with your festivities. And uh, But we also know, Frederick, from experience, that this time can sometimes be a hard time for yeah. people struggling with addictions. Hey? Mm, very hard time because especially if the folks that are, are, are struggling against some hurt, um, because very often our hurts and our wounds come from our family of origin. Mm. And when families come together again, those hurts and wounds can be triggered. Right. Um, and then if one still has an addiction on top of that, mm. it uh, triggers you back into the addiction or to acting out. Um, mm. If you don't know how to handle those triggers, If we right? don't know how to handle those triggers. Mm. Well, sometimes you know, but you still fall into it. Mm. So it is wonderful today to welcome Kerry. Um, Kerry, just say your last name again. I've got it Fun there. That's right. It's Fun wonderful to have yeah. you here with us. Um, Kerry represents Project Exodus today. We're going to talk more to them some other time as well, but we thought it would be great to just get a little foretaste today uh, with mm-hmm. Kerry being available. So, Kerry, I'm so interested when I saw the name Project Exodus. Um, yes. Exodus is moving away from Egypt, right? Um, yeah. Uh, we start, so I want to know, how did the name start and who started it and where does the name come from? It's, it's quite an interesting history because the name, when we started, um, we realized that uh, we started a group here at our local church, at Anthem Church, and we realized that there was a great need in the churches amongst churches and we the initial thing was project x because we didn't know what to name it oh, uh-huh. and then it just kind of landed well exodus you know yeah. makes so much sense yeah and it absolutely. is um, so that was kind of how it came about oh. and i think one of the important things for us is if we read about um the journey of exodus it's out of and into oh. so it's, it's of addiction and it's into freedom, fullness, the abundance mm. of love. And it's literally yeah. out of slavery into the promised land. Yeah, not, not that not to be an addiction is the promised land, but it is part of it. We cannot get to the promised land if we're still in addiction. You know, you know Suki, when you're talking mm. about the promised land, I immediately thought of the 12 promises that are in many of the recovery groups. Mm. Um, and also the CR, Christian-based uh, recovery group, we talk about the promises, and many of them are a place of freedom. Mm. Um, we no longer yeah. have a problem with uh, economic insecurity. Even though we may not have much, it doesn't bother us. We are able mm. to cope with the world mm. as the world uh, comes to us. Mm. Um, we are able to engage into relationships, and when hard times mm. come, we are able to go through them 
um, like we never did before. And I remember another yeah. one that says, things that used to baffle us just come naturally. Yes. Yeah, mm. right. So, yeah. Kiri, tell us what kind of addictions do you work with? So we work with all addictions, Suki. Um, the ministry, what we do is we equip and empower churches and organizations to run their own ministries because we really believe that we are, um, as, a, as an organization, we can do so much. Mm. Um, if we want recovery to spread and if we want resolution-orientated recovery to spread, we need to partner with the churches. And I think um, churches are, are crying out for how can we help? How can we get involved in this? And suddenly starting to realize, actually, we don't need to segregate it to someone else. We can actually deal with addiction. And mm. so we've got, um, so this is, I know it's not completely answering your question, but we've got 70 groups, mm. just under 70 groups running nationally, one internationally at the moment um, on, a, on a weekly basis. Mm. And the mm. organization is, I think we just four years now. Is it mostly in person, but, but if it's international, that's probably online, right? Is it's it, it's both. Uh, both. So we, mm -hmm. we deal with all addictions. I think that was uh, to answer your question. Mm -hmm. um, we are stronger in some. Mm -hmm. um, the, well, actually, you know what? When we look at addiction, we see addiction as, if we think of an iceberg, the top 10% of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Everything underneath are the behaviors that contribute mm, to the addiction. Yes, yes, absolutely. We can work with changing the underlying behaviors. You talk, you spoke, um, Frederick, about family of origin, mm, um, mm. emotional regulation, mm. uh, mapping your mind, you know, doing mind matters. How do we think about what we're thinking about and many things like that. If we can deal with that trauma, mm. um, tendency issues, if we can deal with those behaviors that are underneath the tip of the iceberg, then we, we, we don't need to necessarily, we do need to abstain and we do need to deal directly with addiction, but it's, people are going to stay in the cycle of addiction mm. if we're not dealing with those underlying behaviors. Mm, mm, so mm. That's, that's where a lot of our focus is. We have a big, um, uh, we found a lot of people have opened up about pornography. I know that, um, and we'll talk a little bit about this later. Mm. But that's been the journey that my husband and I have walked. He's battled it for over 20 years. He mm. did battle it. He's mm -hmm. clean for four and a half years now. Mm. But yeah. um, in that time, we battled to find people to help us. And so we, as a result of getting help, I felt that we needed to be, or I needed to be the help that we couldn't get mm. in, over, in over 20 years. Right. Um, and we've got pastors and we've got um, many people who are starting to open up. We've got ladies starting to open up as well, which is, is so wow. precious because wow. it's a hard thing for a lady. It's harder for a lady oh. to open up about it than a man. Absolutely. Um, there's more shame attached. Yeah. So, yeah, and then obviously substance, substance abuse um, disorders as well. Um, and, and then obviously there's gambling and gaming and internet is becoming a big mm, one. Yes, yes. So we're looking more at that. Um, and uh, what happens in the brain with internet use is huge. Just three hours a week significantly impacts the mm. gray matter in our brains. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, we don't even... Yes, we are. We deal with addictions, but sometimes it's actually behavior mm, that mm. is disordered as well, which mm. which is what addiction is in, mm. in some cases, you know. Yeah. Kerry, I'm so excited that you work with, that you um, equip 
organizations and churches. That is so important because yeah. this problem is in the churches and many churches are in denial about this. But I'm sure yeah. there are those that are aware of it, but they don't know what to do. So they need yeah. someone to make their arms strong and to help them. So how do you mm. go about it, helping organizations and churches? So what we do is we never pursue churches and organizations. Every contact, every church that is open, every organization that is using our material has contacted us. Um, we've got quite a, a strong marketing strategy online and we've got uh, our touch points are in the millions and it's just uh, quite ridiculous. Mm. Um, Number-wise, I can't even fathom, fathom it. But every organization and church that we work with has approached us. Um, and they've said, listen, we, we're wanting to get involved. We're wanting to get this ministry going. We've got people to pioneer it. How, when can we do training? And we do training with them and encourage them to maybe join a couple of online groups to just get a feel of, of the groups. And then we support them and we provide material. We provide resources. We provide support. We walk a journey with them. So we don't just have churches that start or organizations that start and then we say, Okay, off you go. Mm. Um, we literally walk a journey with them. So, yeah, and the demand uh, is huge. Um, you said that, you know, past, even pastors who are battling mm. um, are realizing, actually, we can deal with this. We don't have to normalize pornography, but we need to normalize conversations around it. Mm. Mm. Um and 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 recognizing actually there is something we can do and some some churches have actually put accountability software on all their devices mm. um because in the church um i know after after one one of the great uh, um christians uh, whose name is very familiar i won't use it but after his um sexual <laughs> Uh, stuff came out mm. um, one of those churches asked us to come speak to their eldership um, and we went to and, and did a bit of training with their eldership around pornography because someone who's got a sexual addiction over 80% of people who classify as compulsive sexual with compulsive sexual behavior disorder actually battle primarily with a pornography addiction yeah so mm. if we can the pornography addiction, then then we are a lot of the way to helping people who are battling with other sexual behaviors um, and other sexual disorders. So, um, so thank you very, yeah, so we, yeah, thank you yeah, very much, sorry. Kerry. Um, we are going to be taking a break, but I don't want us to get off this topic. Um, I'd like to share some things from my own experience, which I think will link in very well with uh, with what you have shared with us. Let's get back after the break. Um, welcome back, listeners. And um, yeah, Kerry, you were almost on a roll there. and uh, <laughs> But you said something very, very important, and mm. that is that church leaders also struggle mm. with this problem. Yeah. And um, there's one of the, the blocking, or blocking uh, apps or um, software called Covenant mm. Eyes, and they often yeah. give us some statistics about uh, this specific addiction, a sexual addiction. Yeah. And mm -hmm. in their statistics, they say that um, there are about 70% of Christian men struggling in the mm. church, mm. about 20% of, of um, Christian women, and then mm. there are about 60% of church leaders 
that may not be struggling with a porn addiction, but they are struggling with some level of sexual uh, sexual struggle. Um, can you just uh, expand a little bit on that? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, we look at those statistics and we think it's not a problem amongst women. The latest um, overall statistics of 41%. But if we look at the 18 to 30 year old age group, the latest statistics that I've seen are, and I'm not sure if it was also with the Barna research that was done, but between 18 to 30 years, 79% of males wow. are watching pornography on a monthly basis and 76% of females. Wow. And the younger we go, the more we seeing, like if I'm talking about 12 years, as young as 12 years, we're seeing females mm -hmm. overtake the 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 males we're sure. seeing girls and boys so we we talking um we have to be talking about a female and male problem yes, um, yes, yes. a lot of the research has been done with males and there is research being done with females and that is catching up mm. um but a lot of the research so yeah i think you know one of the the difficulties for someone who's a pastor is what do they do if, if you're a past and you have to go to your leadership and you say, listen, I'm battling with this, what are the consequences of that? Some pastors have lost their, um, their jobs, which means for some of them, they've lost their houses, they've lost their income, they've lost oh. their status. Mm. And to back to, to ministry after that is not easy if there's not a restoration process, yes. if there's not a recovery process in place. So I think we often end up seeing a lot more sexual dysfunction in pastors um, or we, we hear evidence of, of things that have gone quite wrong because the power of sin is in its secrecy mm -hmm. and because mm -hmm. they felt there's a safe space for them like to go to, that, that stronghold, that um, sin has just grown mm -hmm. um, and, and in the dark. And so, yeah, for us, it's very important that pastors also find um, just help in that area. And we've had a couple of churches that have contacted us and said, listen, one of our pastors is going through this. Can you help? And we've walked a journey with them. Mm -hmm. And it's been a journey of restoration. Oh, it's not yeah. a journey of it's a punitive journey. But obviously, it might mean that they need to step out and take a bit of a sabbatical for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, and just work on relationships and and other, you know, their own recovery as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, the the question that I think many uh, may be asking uh, Christ followers and Christians is, how can it be that a Christian can fall into this type of addiction? And that's the same question I asked myself when we were in the mission yeah. field and my addiction uh, revealed to uh, lifted its ugly head. Um, mm -hmm. So, so what what can we say to those that are Christ followers but are caught up in this addiction? Mm -hmm. uh, we can come at it from so many angles, different angles, uh, Frederick. Um, we, you know, one of the things I was at um, CESA Africa Summit a, a few weeks ago, which was Coalition to End Sexual Exploitation, and there were some amazing speakers um, and. One of the things, one of the, and it wasn't a Christian conference, but there were many Christians involved because this is obviously on Christians' hearts. Mm, mm. Um, one of the things that one of the guys said was that a sexual battle is a spiritual battle. Yeah. So we yes. have to understand that we do have an enemy. And, and he said, and that, and it made a lot of sense to me, if, if the enemy can get us sexually mm. and hurt us sexually, 
he's hurt us spiritually. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's not easy to recover from that. We can recover from a broken ankle or a multitude of things, but sexually there's, it's, they say that pornography is the only addiction we become, mm. Um, mm. Which, is, which is quite a powerful statement. And I think, you know, in terms of addictions, I think it's the one addiction that you can almost hide, mm. you know, it, it can, and, and we not also in the Bible, it's not sort of very clear. It says stay away from, Fornication, which is not a word we use um, generally. So we don't always understand that actually the root word of that is porneia, which actually is the root word of pornography. Mm. Um, So there's a reference, I think there are about 26 references in the New Testament to porneia, where it's just in terms sexual immorality or being termed um, fornication. Um, And so we haven't, Mm. yeah. yeah. Gary, I just want us, don't want us to talk about this addiction all the time because the next program we're going to focus a lot on this okay and okay, just, okay and this is, this is great because it's a, it's a very important <laughs> but i would like us to just talk about other ones and then also the solutions that you have and to hear i'm mm. asking you a lot of things now because i know when you start <laughs> talking you just on a roll anyway so also tell us about um the different addictions and do you need different solutions for different addictions or is it very similar i know you guys work with substance addiction so so that includes like alcohol and drugs, uh, but then also with the process addiction. So tell us about the different ones and also the solutions you have for that. Yes, our group, sorry about that. I can go off on a tangent. No problem at all. Um, But yeah, as I explained, you know, the the 90% that is below the surface is what we deal with in our groups. So we have in our groups all sorts of addictions that come and... um, substances, sexual addiction, um, eating disorders. We all, we work together in groups because the behavior is the same Mm. for the most. Um, We do have separate groups for pornography recovery, addiction recovery, and for the spouses of pornography addiction, Mm. uh, in addition to the other groups. But for the most part, we generally deal with it. We find the mixed groups work really well. And if they need to work more, Specifically, there are groups that cater for that, but but generally, all our groups are are mixed mixed mm. addictions, and um, it's amazing the shame that gets broken oh, in that yes. you know because, because one addiction thinks that theirs is not as bad as another. Mm. Um, one feels like actually mine is so shameful I can't open up, um, and then actually when they do and they accept it, um, then they that shame is broken because shame is, is, mm-hmm. is fear-based, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so as, as soon as we can break that shame. Yeah, so we deal with it all together. So do um, guys- but then there are, there are spe- um, specialist groups for pornography and um, spouses as well and supporters for family members. Oh, oh that's very Great. important. Do you yeah. guys ask a fee? How does that work? Uh, no, so we, we we want to make recovery accessible and available to everyone. Mm. So we run our recovery groups. Our recovery groups are free, um, and but we do have an, an outpatient program as well for those who are really needing to work more intensively on their recovery, and that is a paid program. It's nothing compared to rehab, but a lot of people can't afford rehab but need to still do um, a rehab-type program. So we offer that as well. But the, the recovery groups are available for everyone. 
um, without cost. It's very important to us that that this is available. So, uh, Kerry, so I hear that uh, you have outpatients. What does your inpatient uh, program very briefly look like? Okay, we, we actually don't have an inpatient. Oh, okay. So, so just to explain the, the outpatient, we call it an outpatient program, um, just because people understand what that is. Yes. But it was developed out of 17 years of running a treatment center that was a flagship treatment center in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And seeing what worked and what didn't work, what was effective, what wasn't effective, using current um, research as well. Yeah. And applying those principles. So it is, it's like a, yeah, we don't have an inpatient program. We do have a sober living home for men at this stage. We've got two sober living homes. Um, so, so someone who has gone through the detox, maybe gone through treatment and just needing to live in a sober environment. Yes. Um, have homes, homes for that. Where are those um, homes? Well, we've only got, at the moment, we've got two in Durban, but we've got um, a lot, others that are talking about opening it, opening homes. Is, what does that look like? Is that just someone who opens up their home, or is that a, a collective place where many people can stay um, who want to um, uh, be in a sober environment? Yeah, we've, we've had, um, basically, we've had two churches that have opened a property that they own, um, two guys who kind of live in a dig situation, but they, it is managed. It's not hectically strict, but it's it's almost like a bridge between going into digs with guys who are maybe drinking, maybe whatever. Mm. But for them, there's no one drinking, there's no one using, there's no one um, watching pornography. Um, so it's it just a safe environment. Yeah, that. that these two were started by, by churches okay, um, we, that had some... We almost need to stop. Unfortunately, it's the end of our program already. Can you please just give a, one or two tips quickly for people that are struggling right now during this time? And maybe we, we will continue to talk more about it next week as well. But if you can just end off with one or two tips for people that are struggling okay. this time of the year. Um, I think very important to recognize what what our triggers are, and those are the things that cause emotional instability, emotional reaction in us, um, and to to list them, to write them down, and to do what we can to avoid them where we can, or to manage them, put strategies in place to manage them. So to be proactive in going into the Christmas season. That's just one out of many. <laughs> okay, we can take we can talk more next time. But tell me, okay. um, are you guys available during this time? Are your groups still running during this time? Yes. Most of our groups, um, I would say 99% of our groups run 52 weeks a year. Okay, perfect. You guys are available online, Project Exodus, if people want to look it up. And then you guys also have an app that a person can download. But for now, we just need to say goodbye. Listeners, remember to get the podcast of any of the programs you might have missed. And we will talk again next time. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.